generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome back. It is 2024 and you are again listening to the Keep the Change podcast. Money Mail, week number 189, I believe. Wowza. That's a fair few weeks of Money Mail. It is good to have you tuning in as always. I'm ready for a big year. I've jumped back on the scooter and come straight up Queen Street. It is quiet out there. I sent out Money Mail 191, I think, this morning. I've got a bit of recording to do to catch up. A lot of out-of-office replies coming back through. A lot of people on holiday to the 15th, by the looks of things. Also saw a really interesting out-of-office that caught my eye, where people included a bit more about themselves. They put some resources in there to read over the break. They said, if you need my help urgently, you can text me. It looked very, very different to all of the other out-of-offices that I saw. So much to the point that I replied to that person and I said, well done, this is a great out-of-office. And we have to stand out in life at times. It's such a gem to just remember to just be a bit different to other people in a world that looks so similar, especially as we go into more of an AI type world where your individual authenticity is going to stand out. I'm not going to rip into how to clock 2024 yet. I've got so many thoughts swirling around my brain. Blaine, fuck, I'm rusty. But we're going to do a podcast, Mikey and I, on 2024. We're going to rip into that. I've got to go into catch-up mode to start with. I've come in Friday the 5th, hissing to get into recording, and there is plastic over everything in my office, there's plastic on the carpet. I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on in here? Everything's unlocked. I have gone and found some tradies up on the higher level, and apparently this place flooded on Christmas Day. Oh, damn. So they are fixing the entire building, allegedly. But what it got me thinking about is how this year, it won't go exactly to plan. These poor bastards probably trying to have Christmas with their families, just like you and I. Next thing, they're probably getting called in going, hey, look, there's a flood in that building that we manage. We need to sort it. And they said they've been here since Christmas Day. 
whilst many of us have got the out of office on and we're chilling, nah, these people are having to work. So shout out to the tradies out there getting it done, to the people that have worked through this Christmas break as well. It is such a good example of how things happen to us when we least expect them. A Christmas day, for instance, and you've just got to go with it. I've got some chat about that coming up in a money mail, but before I get too tangential and end up all over the show, let's absolutely knock this one out of the park because I know a lot of people opened this because I could see the rate and I got a lot of responses and there's been some new data since I even sent this out. The title was only 0.67% of Kiwis earn this. Now, 11% of Kiwis earn over $100,000. When I first started writing Money Mail and researching this type of stuff, it was around 9%. So it's increased. But of course, Money Mail started before money became wrecked by inflation. So people have asked for higher incomes and we've seen those increases over time. So it's not surprising that it's gone from 9 to 11%. But that will be even higher now because the data that I took this from is the 2022 IRD taxable income data that I spent some time running some calculations on one weekend last year. And I know what you're thinking and I'm thinking it too. Who does that on their weekend? Keep your fucking thoughts to yourself, okay? But I won't keep my findings to myself. So the data is based on personal tax return information filed and information held by the IRD when no tax return has been filed, i.e. it's pretty extensive data. Now before we start, it does not include things like working for families and tax-free allowances like getting a car where it's part of an allowance or getting a travel allowance or a working away from home type allowance, any of those things that are tax-free not going to be included in here. A pension or a benefit, that is a type of income. That's going to be included in here. But tax-free, working for families and things, not in here. It doesn't include companies nor trusts. And that's when I know some of you are going to go, oh, yeah, well, I've been down the conspiracy cul-de-sac and I know that's this, this data is going to be incorrect then because, yeah, the business owners use trusts and companies and fairy dust to evade tax, so these numbers aren't right. But when I actually ask those conspiracy cul-de-sac people, okay, so how does that work? They don't seem to know. Or when I start, because sometimes I reply to these people, especially if they're demon, I'm like, oh, okay, and so, you know, you, you know Sally that does that. And, and how does Sally do that? It's like, oh, well, I'm not sure, but like, I just, just heard it one time. Okie dokie. But also, this data isn't going to include, genuinely isn't going to include people who don't include their forms of income. That might be Airbnb type income. It might be rental income. So it's very easy to point the finger at the rich and then they got the trust and they've got the companies and they've got the fairy dust man and they've got the fucking lawyers and the accountants. Plenty of Kiwis out there not returning their rental income, their Airbnb income, their side hustle income. There are other forms of income that would actually be pushing them up income tax brackets should they include it in their tax return and the IRD would have this data. Now, remember as well, this is from 2022. We've now had a 2023 financial year. So I could be calculating it off that data with even higher incomes, but it's not available yet. But Back to my, oh, the company's the trust. What people don't understand, and I've explained this in a previous pod, but just very quickly, if Main Freight, right, if they pay their profits out to shareholders as a dividend, that dividend ends up in a personal tax return and is income to the individual shareholder. Let's say that I have shares in Main Freight and they pay me a dividend, I've got to pay 39% tax on that dividend because it's a form of income and I'm in the top tax bracket. So I'm going to pay 39% tax on that. Even if I'm in the 33% or, or whoever owns the shares, 
it's going to end up in your personal tax return when they pay a dividend. Same of interest income, for instance. So when people say, oh, businesses, they hold all their money in companies. Well, if a business is using a company structure and they pay a dividend, they've got to do the same thing. The profit eventually ends up in the personal tax return too. These are people that don't really understand business structures, but have read something on Reddit or something somewhere. They're like, oh, this is how they do it in America. It's completely different here. But yes, you can leave profits in a company and they're going to get taxed at 28%, right? But eventually they end up in a personal tax return on liquidating that company. For instance, the retained earnings, the profits left in their tax at 28%, normally eventually in most cases end up out in a personal tax return at the highest tax rate needed to be taxed at for that individual and they're going to end up in this IRD data that they have. So instantly I know people are going to be like, when I'm about to, uh, about to tell you that this is based off about 4.5 million tax returns, you're going to be like, oh yeah, but there's probably like 500,000 people with companies and trusts in there and they're not declaring any of their income. My gosh. Well, the trust tax rate 33% to start with anyway and the company tax rates 28%. So you're going to want to move some of those profits out of a company anyway to make use of the 10.5, the 17.5, the you know, so people don't think this stuff through. They don't even really understand it and you just don't get caught down that cul-de-sac because who cares? Like, is it is it what you're doing? You know, is it going to dramatically change the data if there are some people that are keeping money back in their companies and trusts and things like that? Like that's the sort of shit that people talk about to then not take any action themselves, Right. So I genuinely don't think that the above regarding the company and the trust and all that stuff is the big deal that people make it out to be. But hey, you know, anything like I say to hold on to it in order to not take any action yourself, right? Get rid of that shit. That's not going to help you in your situation. And you and I, we can only look at the data that is available. Say, so lay off the fairy dust for two minutes and let's look at what we do have. The total numbers that the data is based off is 4,516,880 tax returns. Now, interestingly, of these 4.5 million people, 558,040 earn 0% or less than $100. So 12.35% of the data set, the 4.5 million, that's what we're going to call it, the data set's 4.5 million, 12.35% over 550,000 have a tax return with less than $100 in it. Now, I don't know if that's kids. I don't know if it's people that just aren't working. I don't know. I'd imagine that the less than 100 is probably because there's, you know, there could be 2 or $3 of interest from having some money in a bank account, for instance. And any time that interest is earned, you'll have withholding tax taken off of that or a form of tax taken off of that. And it automatically will get pushed into your tax return. It might even only be 2 or $0.03 cents from having a couple of bucks in a bank account over a year, who knows, but that's going to end up automatically in your tax return. But what this is telling us is that over 550,000 people have an income in their tax return of less than $100. Now, 209,300 have recorded $0 in income. Remember, this is the 2022 year, so these numbers will change every year, but I'd imagine they stay relatively constant. So anyway, those pieces are hard to understand, right? Like why is there only 100 bucks or why is there zero? We don't know that information. But what we do know is that if we look at this data set and then look at the people who are earning income, because you're not living off zero or $100, are you? 
57% of the data set make between one cent and $50,000. That number moves to 61.69% if you include the 209,300 people recorded as $0 in income, i.e. 61.7% roughly of the data set earn between $0, so nothing, and $50,000 in their tax return. 61.7% of people. 84% or 84.52% of the data set make between one cent and $100,000. If we move that, well, the number moves to 89.15% if you include the 209,300 people recorded as $0 in income. I.e., if we say, right, let's look at everybody who earns either $0 or any amount up to $100,000, that is 89.15% of those 4.5 million tax returns. So basically, in a nutshell, Kiwis, we can figure out loosely what they earn. So 11% of Kiwis earn over $100,000 because notice I've changed the language from data set to Kiwis. So we said that 89.15% of them earn between $0, so i.e. have a tax return with $0 in it, up to $100,000 of income. That includes 89.15% of them. So therefore 11% must be higher than $100,000, right? Now 2.5% of Kiwis earn over 180000 where the top tax bracket kicks in. Now when Labor introduced that and they did some numbers on this, they originally said it was going to be 2%. So it is now higher than the 2%. And it was, all, it was already, when they started taxing people at 39%, it was already higher than the 2%. But that shows you that this data is loosely accurate. Now the data goes up to income bands of $300,000 plus and it stops. So 30,190 of the 4.5 million people sit in the income band that is $300,000 in income plus, which is around 0.67% of Kiwis. So to be a top 1% income earner in the country with a tax return, a personal individual tax return, you've got to be looking at income of around 250k. Now one of the things that I often do for myself is challenge myself to become a one percenter. So instead of being average or thinking like the average or looking at the median or the average, when I know I'm capable of a lot more than that, I'm like, those are not my goals. I don't want to know about averages, medians, because I'm not an average or median sort of person, right? Now that will sound arrogant to some people, that will make a lot of sense to other people, but as I went through my journey, I realized whether it's fucking privilege or the patriarchy or because I'm white but have moldy heritage, but we ignore that because it's easy to say you're white, so that's probably why you're doing it, or you went to university uh, or you're fucking good looking or whatever it is that allows me not to be average, whatever you think it could be for me uh, or people want to put on me, I'll own that and go, well, yeah, okay, if that's potentially right, then yeah, cool. I then need to be searching and hunting for information around the 1%. So, if I want to try and target being a one percenter, I've got to figure out, well, how the fuck are these people making 250K? What are they doing? You know, where are they? Can I get in a room with some of them? Can I find out how they're doing it? You know, now that's a way different way of looking of kind of, what's the average net worth? What's the median net worth and things like that? Because you're chasing bigger goals and bigger things so that you, you might not even want to achieve those things, but you're going to learn some principles from them that you can add into your life 
and it might just take you above the average, above the median, if that is your goal. Now, I don't um, expect everybody to think like that or do that, but I'm just showing you that that's how I started to change my thinking, to think like a one percenter of like, hmm, how would I get into that top one percent of income? And I'm glad to say that I've been able to do that, so that's really exciting for me. Remember, very early in my career, my goal was 100K. I wanted to make 100K. But that was when I was coming out of uni. So that's probably like a $200,000 income if we adjust it for inflation. I could do the inflation calculator and figure out what that actually is. But I was probably already thinking like a, a top 5% like the, uh, then already. But for some reason, we pick up these round figures, don't we? And we think that's the target that I'm going to go after. Or we ask for a pay rise in exact you know, dollar units of 10,000s or 5,000s or things like that as well. Uh, I don't know why we do that, maybe because it's just how our brains work, it's simple, etc. But anyway, you can aim for different targets based on this information or try and get around those people to try and learn if that is what you're going for. But it also tells us, right, that if there's 100 people in a room, only one of them is going to be earning over 250k. Now, if your goal is to earn over 250k, you've got to try and find that person and figure out, you know, how did you do that? What are you doing? What can I learn from you? Now, there'll be people that are like, oh, fuck, it's all about the money for you, with you, man. Like, fucking, why would you be going around a room of 100 bloody people trying to find that person? Equally, if you were trying to make the All Blacks, there's probably a lower percentage of people that make the All Blacks, Right. And if you're in a room of a thousand people, let's say, and there's one all black and you want to make the all blacks, who do you reckon you might want to fucking talk to? Who, who would you want to learn from? Who would you want to look at and say, hey, uh, what does your life look like? What are you doing? What's your nutrition? When are you getting up? When are you going to bed? Uh, what are you doing for practice? What extras are you doing? Etc. So yes, it's not always about money. And I know that too. But what I'm saying is that if you can get closer to people who have goals similar to yours and that they achieve them, They've probably got a lot of lessons for you that you can learn from as well. Now, interestingly, I saw an article after doing this, after my money mail came out, about whether $100,000 was a big salary anymore. And in that data, it said that I think it was 15 point something percent of working Kiwis, notice the language, working Kiwis have an income above $100,000. So what that's probably doing, because I don't know where they got that figure from or you know where that data came from, but I'd imagine what it is is that they stripped out the people earning $0 because they're saying from this 4.5 million data set and they're saying, well, they're not a working Kiwi because they don't have any income, maybe, because my stat was 84.52 make between $0.01 cent and $100,000. Now... What that means is that you've got 100 minus 84.52 is 15.48% of people are there for, oh, that's between, yeah, yeah, sorry, 15.48 must be above that one cent and $100,000, right? So they're saying of working Kiwis, but then you wouldn't think that somebody that is earning $100, like they, they're probably not a working Kiwi either, right? So then you would say, well, because they probably just got some interest income and stuff like that. So that's why the IRD have that bracket in their data of between zero and 100, because there'd be some people who 
aren't working, don't have a PAYE salary, don't have any forms of income, but have got a little bit of interest from some money in the bank, and they're going to sit above that one cent. So they'll split it out. Now, remember as well, going back to this, there are over 550,000 people. So 12.35% of the data set earn between zero and $100. So you could argue of working Kiwis, if you're earning above $100, because I think the next bracket it has in the data is $100 to $1,000, and it keeps going up. You could argue that the percentage of working Kiwis is a lot higher that earn $100,000 or more. And it could even be upwards of 20%, and I could work that out, but I probably can't do it on the fly on the 5th of January when I'm still a little bit hazy from the old break. The power break. Had four days off, guys. Fucking, yep, sure. No, I actually had a few days. It was great. But remember, though, that there's a big difference between Kiwis working Kiwis, all those sorts of things when you're reading these articles and trying to make sense of this stuff. Now, my data, I I try and go back to like, okay, what's happening for everybody as such? And so I'm not going to go around saying, oh, 20% of Kiwis earn over 100K, because that's not right. 20% of working Kiwis maybe, but there's a shitload of people who aren't making over 100K that aren't working in things. You're saying, oh, they don't count because they're not working. Well, yeah, look, I I don't know. But also you can say, well, hang on, there's more people in New Zealand than 4.5 million this is just going off the tax returns. Remember that when you sort of extrapolate out data, it starts to really manipulate uh, some of these things. But you're trying to get a loose understanding of what is going on in terms of incomes. Now, anyway, we know that comparison is the thief of joy. And again, this data won't include any tax-free allowances for travels, meals, etc., or being provided a vehicle, working for families, child support, those sorts of non-taxable things that people receive. Perhaps, though, this is what this is really about, is that this summer holiday, if you bump into someone doing well, get curious. Ask them how. Ask they why they do what they do. What lessons do they have? Is it worth it to them? What would they do differently in their career slash their life? It's easy to resent people who may be ahead of us in terms of income, but that doesn't help us. Many people have been and will be seeking new forms of income as interest rates and the cost of living keep biting. So stay curious. How do those 11% of people do it if they're earning above $100,000? Like, What are they doing? What sorts of roles are they in? How do the 1% do it? The ones that are earning over $250,000. How do the 0.67% of people do it? The ones earning over $300,000. You may not want what they have or their income levels, but they may look at the world in a different way to you and to I. There is always something to learn from every person you meet. Have an amazing Christmas with your family and look after each other. Easy on the candy canes. I'd love to know, what's your favorite candy cane? Is it the mint one or the fruit one? Didn't have one this year of either, which is a little bit of a shame, but anyway, it is what it is. P.S. You are one of over 9,175 recipients. The KTC podcast had over 52,000 downloads in November. Feel free to share these lessons with somebody. And I would urge you, please, help this grow. I want to get this content in front of 100,000 people. There's 30-something thousand people uh, that tune in on Instagram now, that follow over there. There's 10,000 roughly um, of an audience I've built on LinkedIn. It's nearly 11, but about 4,500 subscribe to a newsletter if I keep the change over there, about 9,500 on this email list as well. So it's getting in front of people, but it won't get in front of more people without you. So please, put stuff on your story, talk to people about it. That would mean a lot to me this year. I'm going to bang on about that a lot because we've got the snowball with Keep the Change now. I've done three and a half years of work on this. I've done thousands of hours. We'll talk about that in the next pod. Anyway, 
we've got the snowball. We need to keep it rolling, but I need you to push it. I need you to roll it down the hill for me. So please send a favorite lesson to someone. Tell someone about it. And it's been so cool to see as I've been out and about a little bit over summer this year where people are saying, oh, I passed this lesson on to my sister, uh, to my friend, or they need to listen to it. So I sent them this and things like that. And that's been so cool for me to see. I've also seen people say, oh, I've tried to pass it on to my partner or this person, and they're not interested. They don't care. Cool. You know, they're probably not ready for it yet, but I appreciate you doing that for me. And that is literally how this content is going to grow. And we're going to see more people improve their financial literacy. And that's been the goal the whole way through, helping Kiwis get better with money through knowledge and action. Together, we change the wealth of the nation. Did you know before we go, the Employers and Manufacturers Association said this week, this is back in December, that the demand for restructuring and redundancy support has increased by nearly 50% this year. So that's businesses asking for help and support in that space because they're obviously looking at restructuring and redundancy. I hope you've had a good start to 2024. We'll talk more about 2024 and further podcasts for now. I've got to get into catch-up mode. Be good, and I'll see you on the next episode of Money Mail. Everybody, 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 everybody